Hey, Mama, how are you doing, boo? Today's episode is super special. I have got a guest for you who's going to help us. She's going to help us, girl, get our life together. One of the, my most downloaded episodes, to my surprise, is how to balance motherhood and business. Anytime I launch an episode around motherhood and business, oh my gosh, the download numbers are insane. So obviously, that lets me know that you mamas need more information around this topic and how to deal with this feeling of I have to be a mom 24-7 and all these things I have to do, but I also have a calling in my heart and I want to build this business and I want to make a difference and I want to make a bunch of money because that's just what I desire because my life is going to be better because I can help out more and donate more and whatever. Obviously, you guys want more episodes like this, so I reached out to a productivity coach Tabitha Crocker, and she is at the Mama Matters on Instagram, and also her website is themamamatters.com. And I'm just so excited to dive in into this chat that we had. I myself had so many aha moments. I feel like I am somebody who is also who's always optimizing and looking at a problem and trying to solve it and trying to simplify things. But this talk. It was super eye-opening for me and I jotted down some things and I'm just so excited to share this conversation with you and I really hope you enjoy. Oh my gosh, mama, you're in for such a treat today. Not only are we going to get our lives in order finally, but our guest today is from Alaska. Like I have never even met somebody from, from Alaska or spoken to us, so I'm getting all the chills right now. <laughs> so Tabitha, thank you so much for coming on the show. And by the way, guys, it is 8, 8.54 my time here in Florida. And this woman is up at like 3.30 <laughs> in the morning to talk to us. I mean, right now it's like four, almost five. Almost five. Yeah. Okay. But still, oh my gosh, the dedication. Thank you so much. Like you're so extra. Oh my God. I can't. <laughs> well, I'm kind of an annoying morning person, so it really works for me. Well, that's good. I, I'm glad. And by the way, ladies, I did tell her that I was flexible and she could schedule whenever she chose this time. So I get yeah, that she really is a morning person, but anyway, introduce yourself, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Tabitha, and I live here in Alaska with my husband, and we're raising our two kids. I have a three-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son, and I am a productivity coach for moms and mom entrepreneurs, and so I love, basically, I kind of joke that I'm like a super lazy person, so I'm like, what is the most efficient way that I can get things done in the least amount of time? <laughs> so I am all about productivity techniques scalable strategies and how to crush your business goals. But also the thing I feel like that makes me and my philosophy different is that I'm also about your other goals, not sacrificing everything else in your life to have a profitable business. So I love helping moms to be more present with their families, but also run a profitable business. I love that. And I know that for the mamas in my audience, there is such a guilt in if I'm working, but I'm not spending time with my kids. I'm failing. But if mm -hmm. I'm with my kids and I'm not working, I'm also failing. And there's just never harmony anywhere, anytime. I am so excited to have you on to just kind of walk us through, give us some mindset shifts and some tactical tips on how to make it work. And it's funny, ladies, out this memory popped in my head earlier today. And I think it's going to be so useful for this episode. When I had my daughter six years ago, at some point, I was just super exhausted and I handed her to my husband. I was like, go somewhere because I need a break. And then my husband, 
start not vlogging, but a vlog style video for his family and sent in the family chat. And I was like, how dare you tell your family that you took her daughter because I needed a break. What are they going to think of me? And I was just livid. I was just so angry at him. Today, he like took the kids and it was, don't worry, you do your thing. And I got the babies and I'm like, yeah, you do. Like the, the shift that has happened. I just want to acknowledge you that it's okay to ask for help because I know this is something that we're going to go there and it's okay, you know, to do it all. Anyway, Tabitha, just, I had to bring that memory up and share with you guys just to normalize all of this because we don't talk about it enough. Yes, I completely agree. There is some like expectation that mom has to do it all, which maybe that made more sense back in the day when the husband did all of the work outside the home and the mom was always home doing all the housework. But now a lot of us, we have full-time careers and maybe a full part-time business or full-time business, plus all the momming, plus all of the home management seems to fall to us more naturally. It seems fair that if we have taken on careers and businesses, shouldn't the husbands take on some of the child rearing and maybe the home management stuff. I mean, it's all about finding what works for you, but there definitely does seem to be this expectation that moms do it all and should do it all. And it's something we kind of internalize too. We feel obligated to do everything and we're a bad mom if we're not the only one doing everything, but there is no shame in asking for help. In fact, it's going to make your life feel better and feel easier. And plus, like I had kind of a similar experience and it almost gave me anxiety to ask. I felt like I was failing asking my husband for help, but some beautiful things have come out of that. My kids are growing a closer relationship with their dad because they get one-on-one time. It's different when I'm there. It's, I mean, we have family time, which is awesome, but it's an amazing opportunity for the kids to have that time just with dad. Yeah. And I love that so much. And I can tell that my kids have a much closer bond with dad because I guess allow him to do so much, (laughs) you know, because if I was here just trying to do it all, I I just, I couldn't, I'm finally in a place where I am great at asking for help. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not great. I have to say there are the times (laughs) I want to do it all just because I start to feel guilt. And I look at my husband and oh my gosh, the poor thing handling these two spicy kids. (laughs) How is he doing it? But yeah, it's a balance for sure. It's a back and forth of watching his body language and knowing like, okay, I need to step up here because I also know that for my husband, he's also not very good at asking for help, but you know, Mm -hmm. the back and forth of, okay, we got each other's back and we're Mm going to do this together. And sometimes we just kind of have to pause and focus on the kids and then pick up work later because we both work from home and we homeschool and we run multiple businesses. So there's a lot going on at any given point. And it's just my husband and I were here alone in North Florida, no family around Mm. us. And we just make it work somehow. Yes, yes, absolutely. Which I think is a perfect segue into defining success for yourself. It doesn't have to be what anyone else thinks success looks like. It's really you and your family and what makes the most sense for you. And the other thing that I think is so often overlooked by moms is that we have so much power in leading by example. And so yes, being there all the time and cleaning your house and having an immaculate home and making amazing dinners 
if that's what you're passionate about, that is amazing. And if that's the example you set for your kids, that is wonderful. But also, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can also set an incredible example for your kids by following your dreams, by running a business that you love. Isn't that what we want for our kids to be able to know that they can follow their passions? And what greater way to show them not only how that it's possible and all of those things, but leading by example is going to set the most powerful example that you could possibly provide for your kids versus being around constantly to do more for them. I mean, it's nice when you can do some things, but in some ways too, it also pushes them to be more independent and responsible. And then you're showing them what's possible. Yes. And I know for my husband, so the way that I grew up, I was very independent at an early age. I was the only child. Not, I wasn't even allowed to go to the neighbor's house. That's how intense my childhood was. But then my husband, like his mom was dressing him into the teenage years. When he was a teen, that kind of stopped. But his mom coddled him to the max. He is, I guess, the stereotypical mom boy. And, you know, they're, they're an Italian family. So it's legit. So there are things that my husband is like, for example, if let's say all of our spoons are in the dishwasher, my husband will say, there are no spoons, get a fork. And I'm like, dude, just pull it out and like wash. But like, he doesn't mm-hmm. even think that far. So, you know, like he's not proactive in that sense, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it's because his mom just babied him for so long. I mean, when we were in Italy this year, my husband w- would eat and leave his plate at the dinner table. Oh my gosh, it is a terrible habit that I do not want you to pick up because when we got married, he would do that. Mm-hmm. Just eat and step away from the table and leave the stuff there. And that bothered me so much. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid we were gonna, you know, go back there when we <laughs> were in Italy, but we didn't, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I think definitely the independence part, not that your kids need to do everything by themselves and everything needs to be age appropriate, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay for your kids to do things and for them to explore. The other day, I woke up and my daughter had made herself a sandwich with olives, mayo, mustard, <laughs> tomato paste. <laughs> I obviously I didn't try it, but it was by the, the sounds of it, it was disgusting, but it was just okay. She woke up and she tried something. She was hungry. And I'm glad that yeah. my daughter feels empowered to do something about her hunger. I don't want her to yes. sit and wait, or even worse, wake me up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So I am totally. here for having that harmony, understanding that you don't have to do everything for your family. And mm-hmm. we all work together. It is it's a community. Your family is your closest community Mm -hmm. and establishing those boundaries early on is not only good for you but also for your child because if all you do is is do everything and you kind of take on this martyr role especially Mm -hmm. if you have a daughter even a son I don't want my son to be to think that that's okay that that's the norm I want them to know that we help each other out yes and I think there's so much to be said for taking radical responsibility which for me that means just really having that power and ownership and taking responsibility for everything that you can, even the extreme of you always have control of your attitude, no matter what the situation is, you can choose to see the positives. You can always choose how you behave. Like even if someone's treating you poorly, you can choose to not reciprocate. You can choose to forgive people and not have those negative feelings. And I think that even, I mean, you were giving super like, tangible examples. And I think that's kind of how it 
how it manifests, so to speak, but your daughter knew she was taking like responsibility, like, Hey, I'm hungry. I can do these things. And then they can even take that a step further into their attitude and know that they have the power to influence their environment. And they have a lot more control than they realize versus being a martyr or playing the victim where you just feel I'm a victim to my circumstances sorry, can't, I'm so busy. Sorry, can't, because this thing happened to me or whatever. And so I think really stepping out of that victim and taking responsibility in every way that you can shifts you into a much more proactive mode. And you feel like you have a lot more control and it feels so much better. I love that. So if somebody's stuck right now and not even knowing what success means to them, what are some mindset shifts that can help us get there? I think, I think the big one that we talked about was leading by example. So if you are following your passion, so that's something to check in. There's guilt that comes from a discrepancy between other people's expectations of us. Okay. So there's guilt that is from other people's expectations of us and we don't meet their expectations. And then there's also guilt that is our own expectations or standards for ourselves, and we aren't living up to our own expectations. So two different kinds of guilt. So the first step is to know if the guilt is coming from not living up to your mother-in-law's standard or vision for your life, for example. And that type of guilt you can release because you can focus on what it is that you want. And if you're in alignment with your values and how you want to live your life and it feels good for your family, you can release that guilt. And then if you are not living up to your own expectations, you can ask yourself, why? Is it something, if you are running a business, for example, that you don't enjoy, you just feel like you're so busy, you don't like the work that you're doing, maybe something needs to change there. Maybe you need a business that is well aligned, that supports your life, instead of asking you to sacrifice things in your life. So it's really knowing what it is that you want, like in the big picture, and then how can you apply what you want overall and align with that each day? Because that is going to make you feel fulfilled. And it doesn't mean that you're just yippy skippy all day, every day. Oh, I'm in alignment with my overall vision and everything's so easy and fun all the time. There's still the crummy jobs that maybe you still need to do, but it feels different. Instead of just, oh, I have to do this thing. You're like, okay, this isn't my favorite, but I still feel fulfilled because I know that it is moving me toward my vision of success, my life purpose and vision for what I want my legacy to be and living my dream and my passions. And that is a, that is a shift that has really helped me personally. And that's, that's what I share with my clients a lot. Yeah, I definitely love the idea of having a vision. And I have been getting into this habit of writing a, a vision for myself at the end of the year for the next year. And it really mm -hmm. helps me. And it doesn't mean that everything happens. The vision I had for myself last year coming into this year, it was none of it happened. But <laughs> still, it's still nice to just have a vision of where you're going to go and how you want things to look like. And even if it doesn't look like that, there's a feeling that comes with that vision and you can create that feeling in your everyday and changing your attitude about things is super helpful. And just becoming super honest with yourself as my business grows, my husband is becoming the primary caregiver for my kids and I am in the back seat. So he's like taking on like 70% of taking care of the kids and I cook and clean and do all those things, but I'm more kind of the roles have kind of shifted. 
And I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that. Whereas in the past, I think, I don't know if I would have been so accepting of stepping into this, but if we're going to keep moving forward at the pace that we're moving, these are the shifts that need to happen. And my husband is loving being, I mean, we're all like stay-at-home moms and dads, but he's really loving that role of stay-at-home dad. So he's, I'm going to start my YouTube channel about this because I'm really enjoying this and there's so much, so much to be said. And I'm like, hey, go you, you do your thing. And that's such a good point too, is that sometimes we make assumptions on other people's behalf. Like our husband, we just assume that he wouldn't want to be a stay-at-home dad. Well, maybe he does. And there is a big movement, a big shift. And I really hope that he starts that YouTube channel because I feel like I love working with moms, but I've had totally like some of the dads have been like, well, what about us? I'm so sorry. I'm not a dad. I feel I can't totally speak to that, but I'm like, someone needs to, because there is a whole shift. And I have even noticed, this is kind of a random tangent, but when I go places, there are dads with their kids out and about the children's museum or different places in town. And I feel like sometimes there's this weird, I don't know, moms can chat with each other, but then like the dads are kind of like outsiders, I guess. And I make a point to always say hi to dads and try to make them feel included in the, the play date lifestyle, so to speak. But I think it's just, maybe people are intimidated by that because they don't want, want them to think that it's something that it's not. And I think that dads do need a little more support in that area. So I, I love, I would love to see his YouTube channel when he starts it. Yeah. My husband has been complaining about the lack of support ever since I was pregnant, mm-hmm. because when I was pregnant and I'm crunchy, I'm a hippie. So, you know, I had the midwife and these things and the support and like all these things. And he was so nothing for dads. Like I'm going through this pregnancy too. So I think he's just excited to get something out there. So I'll let you know when that goes live. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I think that's fantastic. Cause I, even as like not being a dad, it just, it does. It looks like there's almost no, no support and people do exactly to your point, ask about the mom, ask about the baby. And my mom, she's kind of an out of the box thinker. And she asked my husband, like, how are you doing? And he was like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. Nobody asked how I'm doing. (laughs) Like, wow, what a revelation. It's a major shift in his life too. Yeah, totally. So Mm -hmm. give us some tacticals because obviously you're the expert in this space. And this is another complaint that I get to from the mamas in my audience, which is I don't have enough hours in my day. There's just so much going on. How can I make this stuff happen? And for a lot of them, they're in the beginning stages of building their businesses. So they have Mm -hmm. an Amazon store or an Etsy shop, and especially the first year, it's a lot and it's very mm-hmm. time consuming. So what are some things that we can start to implement that are going to lessen the load? Yes. I think one of the first things that you do after you can define success for yourself is really being intentional with your seasons. So what I mean by that is just, you can't really, I, I don't really like the word balance when it comes to work-life balance because balance kind of means equal parts. And that's just not reality ever. It's more like spinning plates, I guess. (laughs) Like you spin one, get it going well enough, then you can move on to the next. And so what I like to do is be super intentional with seasons. So if I'm planning a launch, for example, then that's going to be a season of hustle in my business. I'm going to be working a little more hours and just knowing that and kind of same thing. You could even look at, at it as a season of their first year okay, a year where you might be a little more focused on your business, trying to get it up and running. And you can kind of time that too. Like maybe both your kids are finally in school. Maybe that's a good season where you have more time to put more time into your business. 
And if not, you can really alternate even months or just find a good fit for you. But you also can have seasons of like, okay, we're taking a family vacation this month and I'm going to focus on that. And I'm going to prepare for that and plan that and just put my full heart into that instead of trying to multitask and just really focus in one area at a time. And another piece of that is to really be intentional about not planning a season of hustle and some family time at the same time. If you're launching and you're on the beach with your family, you're not going to be able to enjoy it. So just really not trying to do too much at once and intentionally define seasons of more hustle in your business and seasons where you have more time to be present with your family. And I think that just releases some of the guilt. Okay, maybe I'm focusing on my business now, but then I'm going to focus on my family in a couple of weeks when we go on this vacation uh, or whatever that looks like. Yeah, I love that. And for me going to the new year, one thing that I'm going to do differently this year than any other year is that I'm focusing on my goals one at a quarter. And mm-hmm. I don't even know what's the second and third and fourth quarter of next year going to look like. I'm just focused on the first and that's it. I'm just going to take it day by day because mm-hmm. I have to say 2021 was the cow poop to my life, meaning oh. it sucked, but it was also a fertilizer, you know, Yes. and yes. it has really taught me to surrender and not just hold on tight to a plan or an idea. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 2022, it's going to be the year of just letting things flow and taking one day at a time, still having the vision. That doesn't mean that you're going to get lazy and just let life happen to you, Mm -hmm. but you're just going to be open or I'm just going to be open to the possibilities and just surrendering. Surrendering was the lesson from 2021 that I don't want to forget. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That would be a perfect word of the year for you. To make yes. sure you keep that like friend of mind. And I do kind of something similar. So I, I like to, well, I have done the exercise, but I do that exercise with my clients about identifying your exact life mission and purpose. And then we break that down so that you would have an annual goal. And then we break that down into quarters, but broad strokes. And then we plan each month more intensively each quarter as we go. So I agree. I think that planning every detail of your entire year is not a great idea because things are going to shift and it gets a little frustrating if you have an expectation that's not met. So I just do broad strokes and then do the more detailed planning month to month. And it really helps me to go with the flow and something that maybe I thought would be relevant isn't relevant or vice versa. And so I love that plan. I think that's going to be great. Awesome. Great. Okay, cool. So aside from seasons and knowing, okay, this is going to be a tough season or just a more challenging season in in business, or maybe you have toddlers, maybe you have Mm -hmm. a three and a half year old and a one year old, you're in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. Aside from, from seasons, what other tools do you have in your toolbox? I am obsessed with time blocking. I do it a little bit differently than most people though. I know some people like hear time blocking and just turn their brain off. Nope, tried it. It's terrible. I think that a lot of times time blocking is, oh, just block an hour or two for this project. And a lot of times as moms, we're setting ourselves up for failure because there's going to be interruptions and all of these things. And it doesn't really bring in the full context of everything that we've got going on. My first tip for time blocking is to do kind of an audit of your day, general day-to-day. Literally take a couple of days and just write down what you do. And then I think you will see kind of a natural flow emerge of 
how your day went versus like what your ideal day would be. And another piece of that is following your energy. For example, I'm a morning person. I think we've made that clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my focused working block in my business is two hours, 5 a.m., to 7am. And I am not saying that everyone has to wake up early at 5am in order to be successful in life or business, not saying that at all. Just that works for me. That's when I have the most energy. My kids are sleeping. So it's easier. I don't feel like I'm missing out on time with them. I'm not having to ask anyone to watch them. Of course, not perfect fail-proof plan. They wake up early sometimes. And that's actually part of it that I love working with moms because if I'm like on a client call and my kid walks in, they're oh, they're like happy to see the kid. They're not oh my gosh, how unprofessional. I can't how believe dare you. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to need a refund. Um, and then their kid would probably walk in, you know how it goes. <laughs> so anyways, like that works really well for me. I like the two hour block. I am also really intentional with my priorities. So when I sit down, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And then I also like to make sure that those priorities are things that are going to move the needle. It's not more busy work. That's something that I think is a huge distinction that's really easy to fall into. Having this endless list of things to do and you don't even know if they really matter. And you can get addicted to that feeling of busy. Like sometimes if you are used to always being busy, the idea of finishing your to-do list is terrifying. I mean, I'm not saying you probably never finish that 120 list things on your list. But like, if you have a list of three things, there is a good chance and that you could finish those things. And then you just have open space that might be scary. So that's kind of an adjustment, but anyways, time blocking two hour block, at least two to four hours. And so I do, for my example, I do my focus work in my business first thing. And then my next block is a few hours. It's my routines block from 7am to 10am. And this is just kind of a natural flow of my day. The kids wake up, they're going to need breakfast. That's usually kind of the natural break in my day that ends my working cycle and then goes into some kiddo time, getting our day started together. That's usually when I try to exercise. I do like a quick clean of the house. At one point I was doing like a preschool lesson with the kids in the, in the summer. And very often I like to batch anything by location. So batching is where you do similar tasks. They have something in common so that you are kind of building up your momentum, getting all of these things done instead of building up your momentum to do this thing and then stopping and multitasking and building up your momentum to another thing. So it just makes it a lot more efficient. So for example, like I'm standing in the kitchen I'm feeding my kids breakfast. I'm probably unloading the dishwasher and maybe cutting up some vegetables for the day because that's all right there. And that's a time where I'm getting those healthy habits because healthy habits are, well, not usually urgent, but very important. So I like to fit those in early in the day so that I can be consistent with them. That's when I have the most willpower and self-control because that gets tapped throughout the day. And that's when I have the most energy. So it's kind of like identifying your ideal flow for the day. And I, I don't like set an alarm. I'm in the middle of cutting a carrot and then I'm like, oh, 10 o'clock and my routines blocks over or whatever. I'm kind of going off of an older time blocking schedule. This has shifted now that my son just started kindergarten disclaimer there. And then I have a fun or outing block from about 10 AM to 1 PM. And that's where I run all of my errands and we do any appointments. We go outside, we do play dates, and this is very intentional. And this came from realizing when I was a new mom, for example, my kids would have a wellness appointment and I know I would just take the next appointment 
And then I'd realize I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally scheduled this darn appointment in the middle of my daughter's nap. Why would I do that? It's a wellness appointment. It's not urgent. And so it really helped me to have this flow, this ideal flow of the day. Okay. So I'll take the next appointment that's in our outings block because we're already out. We live 20 minutes from town. So I don't want to be running back and forth to town. So it saves me a ton of time just to do everything when we're out and about. And then it doesn't clash with meal times. It doesn't clash with nap times or other priorities. And then the next one, which is like one of my favorite blocks, <laughs> it's my white space block. Like that's a thing that's possible for you. So from one to three used to be when my daughter would nap around there. If I had some priorities in my business that I didn't finish in the morning and I felt like I wanted to get those things done, it gave me an extra block to work on my business. But also if I was just exhausted, I literally could take a nap or watch some Netflix or just whatever I needed to do to rest or anything else that came up in the day just gives you a space instead of, okay, I didn't get all these things done. Shift it tomorrow, shift it tomorrow, shift it tomorrow. And then your to-do list is just beyond out of control. So if you just have those three priorities in the day, and then you have some white space somewhere that can fill whatever your needs are for that day, it helps you to go with the flow instead of just being like solid booked every minute of every day. I and love then that so much. And I'm literally writing down the writing <laughs> so I don't forget because that is so smart. I never thought about that. I just remember making that mistake several times. Seriously, when I get on the phone, how do I not remember? Do not make appointments during nap time. How hard is yeah, that? But totally. now it's so much easier. Yeah. Yes. And the white space, I need to work on that because my kids don't nap. I wish they uh-huh. don't. Yeah. So I just need to get in the habit of quiet time for them, which we yes, haven't done exactly. over a year. We miss that. We all need that. Let's, we're going to work on that. So yes. And <laughs> yes. And I am always trying to limit screen time, but sometimes that would be the block that we would do screen time if we needed to. If I'm just, whew, I'm exhausted. I need some screen time. Like I want to watch me some Netflix. Okay. Well, the only way that is ever going to happen is if they're also getting screen time. Definitely use that, like leverage that when it makes sense for you and, and whatever. Yeah. It's nice to have quiet time too, reading or puzzles, books, all those things. Yeah. And I love that you bring up technology because I know so many moms are like feeling so much guilt over technology. First of all, being formed, I think. Mm -hmm. Screen time is actually a lot less than the recommended by, I think, the American Pediatric Association. It's a lot less than, than people think. So to give you an idea, I think two hours is what they recommend for like an eight-year-old all day mm-hmm. long, including phone, tablet, computer at school, TV, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's not a whole lot. So we do have to leverage it mindfully and, and mm-hmm. making sure that what they're watching is useful and helpful, you know, that you agree with the things that is being said in that cartoon. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely be mindful of that, but using it appropriately, I think, yeah, leverage that for sure. Yes. And so like something that I do, for example, for that white space block, if I'm like, okay, I need a break. And I'm like, okay, I need to wrap up a couple things. Let me just do these things really quick. And then we start screen time. I don't give them screen time when I am not getting something. I can wipe down the kitchen counters while my kids are there. They don't have to have screen time while right. I'm doing that. So I literally, okay, do everything I need to do. And then if I need to sit down to work or I'm going to press play on Netflix, either one, 
I make my kids wait <laughs> until I'm ready, fully use that time that they're getting as screen time. So yes, exactly to your point, just being super intentional and mindful of it. Yeah. And optimize, optimize that mm-hmm. time and just, yes. Yeah. Relax or go all in, in your business, just choose one and stick with it and just call it a day. But yeah, being mindful and optimizing that time and using it to your advantage too, because I know for us, whenever the time comes that we start traveling again, I want to be able to leverage screen time for that. Yeah. Screen time is such a treat in our house. We don't even have a TV, but that's what works for our family. So don't, mm-hmm. don't feel like you need to get out, get rid of your TV. That's not what I'm saying, people. But yeah, just leveraging for tough times. Here we go. Here's mm-hmm. a screen. We all need a break. Yes. Totally. Yes. And I think that you make a good point when you said decide, because that is huge. I feel like if you are going to try to sit down during your white space and watch TV, but then you're feeling so guilty, like, oh, I could be mopping the floor right now, or I could be doing that thing. Then you haven't fully decided to take a break and you're not actually getting a break. Being intentional with that decision, decide, okay, I'm going to sit down guilt-free. I need a break. I'm a human, not just a robot. I'm a mom, but I need a break and just really work on cultivating that without the have to be busy, busy, busy. It's okay to take a break and decide when you're taking a break and decide when you're doing work and just making that intentional decision. Yeah. I'm here for rest. I think that season of my life of, oh my gosh, I cannot rest. I'm such a martyr. I have to do it all. Like I'm so done with that. Mm-hmm, I am just, same. I love to rest when on my cycle, if it's premenstrual or menstrual, I am mm-hmm. sleeping in, I am just in bed more and my mm-hmm. husband just knows and just allowing yourself to rest and to take rest and to slow down. Like you don't always have to go at a thousand miles per hour, slow down because what is the point of going so fast that you're just adding stress to your life? Mm-hmm. You're just not enjoying everything. Everything becomes a chore, like a very yes. busy chore. That's just annoying. So I completely agree. And that is huge for me too, is working toward your goals is important, but equally important is enjoying the journey. And if you're in a season of sprint, like that's okay. And if you have energy and that feels good, but when you just push, 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 all you do is push yourself into burnout and that doesn't feel good. You don't enjoy the journey. And ironically, you don't get any more done. If you rest very often, it's just like a slingshot where you're pulling it back, you're resting, rejuvenating, reviewing maybe. And then when you release, there's so much more energy and you go way further faster than just trying to go, go, go all the time. Oh yeah. And I can definitely attest to that for sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like, especially last year when we were forced to rest, Mm -hmm. my life just kind of became so much easier because we just had to do what we had to do. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. And that's a major shift. And if that's hard for you and scary for you, I still recommend giving it a try, trying it, see how that works to just incorporate a little rest into your day. Have that white space block where it has that intention around it of just being a time to relax or whatever you need. If you are feeling, I also do the cycle syncing. And so if you're having a week where you just energize, want to be with people, and that's what makes your heart feel full, do that. You know, you don't have to take a break and you can't not take a break. Do whatever suits you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Follicular and ovulation. Oh my gosh. I want to feel like this all the time. Yes. Being mindful of your cycle and all of that, but, and listening to your body, because even if whatever your cycle is irregular or whatever you may be, just listen to your body, just get quiet enough that you can listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, any other tips, any other tricks or please leave you want to share with us? 
Well, I also want to make sure that I like go through the rest of the time blocking really quick, yes, just to yes, give yes. you guys a really good example of a, is in this again, it's just an example. It's not like, this is what you do. Yeah. <laughs> so I totally you, forgot. We went off. Of the there. Thank <laughs> that's, you. That's all good. <laughs> again, you're following your energy. You do an audit of your flow of your day and you imagine what your ideal day would be. And then I'm giving you an example of my flow. And I like to have these blocks in two to four hours. And so we talked about the morning block routines block, fun outing block, white space block. And then we go to the dinner block, which is about 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. The kids are usually hungry. Are you noticing a theme here? The kids eating all day is like what breaks our day. We do baths. I prep dinner. We eat dinner, clean the kitchen. Family dinners is a really important important thing for us. That's what I call like a point of connection. That's where we all slow down. We sit together. There's no screens at the table. TV's not on. We're fully present. We talk about our day, just a time of connection. And again, I have younger kids. Like I don't have teenagers who are family dinners in the car. It's McDonald's on the way to the soccer field or anything like that. But I would encourage you to find those moments in your day wherever you can. And then bedtime is we do like a quick cleanup of the house or at least just the toys and clutter. The kids brush their teeth. We read, we do a tuck in time with the kids, which is another point of connection. And I forgot to mention the one in the morning. So when my kids first wake up, I just snuggle them and just smell their horrible morning breath and their soft hair and their squishy little bodies and just take a moment to just even just a moment to be really fully present with them. And then we have the family connection time at dinner and then bedtime at tuck-in time is another time to be fully present. We read, we've got a night-night song that we do. And then I also have an evening routine where I kind of wrap up the day mentally so that I can relax. I don't have things hanging out. And then I also plan my three priorities for the next day. So instead of having all this, oh my gosh, what am I going to do tomorrow? I know exactly what I'm going to do, which also helps me wake up first thing in the morning. Cause instead of waking up, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll just go back to bed. Cause that's a real temptation. If I know exactly like this morning, my eyes popped open and I was like, I'm going to record a podcast, spring out of bed, go get coffee, you know, do my little morning routine. So knowing exactly what you're going to do when you first wake up is a huge, huge help. So I do that the night before so that I can dive straight in so that I don't wake up confused and go back to bed. And then about eight to nine is kind of a short block, but that's where my husband and I usually have a little time together and I go to bed early, really early because I get up early. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask what time do you go to bed? Yeah. Usually about nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah. And, um, another thing there is to plan your sleeping block. I think people leave that part out. So a lot of times as moms, we're just, Oh, I never get enough sleep. I don't understand. And sometimes yes, like if you're nursing or have young kids who climb into bed with you constantly, that is definitely disruptive, but something we do that I don't think we even realize we don't even plan for eight hours of sleep or however much sleep we need. Like we don't even give ourselves a chance. We go to bed late and plan to wake up early and then gosh, I'm so tired. Well, of course, or you get in bed and then hop on Instagram and you get your second wind and end up scrolling for an hour or two instead of sleeping, being intentional, even with your sleeping block. And of course that's longer than two to four hours, hopefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the other blocks yeah, or two to four hours, we have kind of natural breaks, it should follow your natural rhythm of the day, and just setting more intentional boundaries around around that time. 
Oh my gosh. I love this so much. This was so helpful. I have gotten so many takeaways and ladies, my husband gives me such a hard time about the sleep block because he tells me your morning starts the night before. And I'm like, Oh my God, he has this whole routine. He turns on the salt lamps and he reads books and like all these things. I mean, I've now I'm better about having a nighttime routine for myself. Mm-hmm. And he's, I hate to admit, it, but he's right. But he gives me such a hard time about making sure I have something for myself that actually sets me up for sleep and I'm actually sleeping well. So, yeah, there's definitely something to it. I think the biggest thing for me was literally knowing what my priorities are the next day, because if I don't do that, like my brain cannot stop hamster wheel, keep going, cycling through all the things to do. But if I know exactly what I'm doing, I'm like, oh, I can breathe and rest and relax and wind down. Yeah. You know, it just gave me the idea to have a little block, a little piece of paper next to my bed so I can write down stuff because sometimes things would just come to me mm-hmm. and I'm so tempted to just get up and start doing them because it'll take me five minutes, but it's, uh-huh. it's a very bad habit. But yeah, I'm going to take what you said, have a, and have a little piece of paper next to me and a pen and write stuff down just to get it out of my system. And Perfect. oh my gosh, this was so helpful. So how can the woman in my audience connect with you and just go deep with you? Yes. So I'm on Instagram is usually where I'm hanging out. And my handle is at the mama matters. And it's don't forget the the T-H-E mama matters. Yes, it it won't go. I don't know. (laughs) And then my blog is themamamatters.com. And again, don't forget the the because if you do, you'll end up at a birth photography site. I mean, it is beautiful. so confused. Like this is a really strange topic for her to be diving deep on. Yeah. For and you'll get the baby fever, which I don't know, it can be dangerous if you're <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I have friends that I like babysit for from time to time to remind me that an infant is really difficult and a lot of work. And I don't need to go that direction again. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yes, Instagram at the Mama Matters, the blog at the mamamatters.com. Lots of great information, blog posts on there. Yeah. And then I mostly do have a membership is kind of my big thing, the bomb CEO club, which is just moms who are also entrepreneurs and want to be more efficient with their time. And we all help each other. And it's just a community of supportive, encouraging moms, because that can be really hard. Personally, in real life, I don't have any friends who also have an online business and it can feel like you're the only one trying to do this and no one can relate to everything that you're doing behind the scenes. I love that you're having your podcast, like that helps with that topic too, just that other people are doing this and you can do it and it's possible for you. And sometimes you just need that reminder that you're not doing it all on your own, or at least you don't have to do it all on your own. Oh yeah. Don't do it all on your own. (laughs) Ask for help, girl. If you learn anything from this episode, ask for help. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, Tabitha, this was so great. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for my ladies to connect with you. Awesome. Thank you. Oh my God, girl, did you love that episode or what? I know for me, like I said, the outings block is definitely something that I feel like I naturally do. Like, for example, I naturally schedule my appointments for the afternoon because I'm super productive in the morning, but I never in my wildest dreams had this idea to actually have a scheduled time block where I schedule my appointments. Now this is going to become officially part of my routine and also creating that white space. Like I said, my kids, they're not taking naps and we used to do quiet time back in the day 
But then we stopped and I totally forgot about it. And I know it's important not just for us as parents to have a little break during the day so that we can get re-energized and pour into our kids again, but also for the kids, it's important for them to just stop and have a break and learn to be bored because that's where creativity comes from. Just them being allowed to think and play and do their own things. I am going to be working towards having that white space and I want to become better about planning my day the night before because I write everything down. But sometimes, like I said in this episode, there are things that pop into my head and I'm like tempted to to get them done and just work on that because they'll take five minutes. But that is a bad habit. I don't want to do this. And I've been better about not, not doing those things. But I think that at least if I have a little notebook next to me with a pen and I can write stuff down at night, it'll give me the peace of mind that I know that the next day, that's what I have to work on. I won't forget anything. And I don't want to write it on my phone because you know what happens, right? Like you open up your phone, next thing you know, it's just a habit. You click on an app and then two hours later, what happened? You don't know, you know, so let's do it old school, girl. Let's do pen and paper. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, girl, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that It gives you an idea of how to plan, especially now with the new year, how can we plan our lives so that we're actually enjoying our lives. Mama, how you live your days is how you live your life. So if you're not enjoying the everyday of your life right now, we got to change that. We got to make it so that we are enjoying it. And that doesn't mean that everything is always going to be super easy. Like Tabitha said, there are going to be things that we're not going to enjoy as much to do, but in general, our lives should be enjoyable and they should bring us joy and it should bring us peace and we should feel fulfilled from the work that we're doing. And I really hope that this episode inspires you to take action and guides you on how you can plan your 2022 in a way that is true to you, in a way that feels good to you, in a way that just allows you to live your best life and that you get to enjoy it and and you get to grow your business and raise your babies and feel good about both of those. Anyway, mama, remember you're capable, you're strong, you can do hard things. And until next time, may you be wrapped in peace, love and kindness, and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.